Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. I mean, beverages, watching a big game, it can't get any better. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. You know, I think what Salah's got to do is stop talking about it. You know, nobody cares. One thing you know about the National Football League could give a shit about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. You know, everybody's thankful he got hurt. They have to play a hard quarterback. It really becomes us against the world. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, I looked at the calendar, and we are 150 days away from the Super Bowl. But we still have a lot of football to be played until Why then. Are <laughs> Why are you rushing? We're not rushing. Why are you rushing? We're not rushing. To, then I'm going to listen to you complain the whole time about there's no football. I mean, like, we're, we're not rushing. Let's I, just, I, just, I, just, is, I just saw it. It's a, it a milestone. I this figured is that we the could greatest mention. time of the year. There's fall weather out there. We got football mm. Thursday night. We get to we get to enjoy college football on weekends. The leaves. T- I mean, this is there's nothing better than this. Really, there's nothing. You get to watch four games. Uh, at a time, you know, I mean, this, there's nothing better than this. It's this. It's really a great season. Are you so a pump, slow are you, it down? Are you a pumpkin spice latte guy? I know, I know you like this fall weather I don't, stuff. I don't. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not any kind of coffee guy other than black coffee. I like the. You know, I like when I was in Key West. They had the Cuban coffee. I love Cuban Ooh, coffee. I heard that's the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. And but I, I don't know. I don't. I never go to Starbucks. Like I'm not a coffee snob. Like if I'm at an airport, and there's a line at Dunkin'. I'm going to the coffee. Sh- I'm going to the lady behind- at the Annie Ann's and getting a cup of coffee. Like I could really? kill us. Like just really? give me coffee. Well, I'm but- not a coffee snob. No, I gotta have my Dunkin' or I- no, no, no <laughs> chance. No. You you were taking advantage of that Dunkin' though when you were out here in Vegas, if I remember correctly, since it was over by. Years. Well, I was stopped by because I bought donuts for the crew. I stopped by. It was right by the house I was renting, and I could go there. And the guy was half asleep in there. One day I walked in there. I walked in. There, it was. <laughs> When it was a Sunday show, right? I was in there like five in the morning, and he was sitting behind the counter. I had to wake his ass up. I'm like, "Yeah, come on, man." It's like when I used to go to you're work like, here. You're like when I used to, yeah, when I used to work at the Eagles, I would I used to have to pick up Brian brought us one eight hundred bucket. He lived yeah. in Philly, and I would take the road. He I picked him up every morning, and so. Like at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, I'd get gas, and this guy'd be sound asleep at the gas station. And in, and in Jersey, they gotta pump your gas for mm-hmm. you. Like you can't, you can't get out of your car. Gotta beep the horn and wake his ass up. You know, 
Yep. No, I, I have uh, experience with that in Oregon. Oregon is the same. You cannot pump your own gas. Uh, they have to do it for you. So you better make sure you get that gas if it's late night uh, because uh, you're going to have to wait until early on in the morning. But Are people, you a coffee snob? No, I don't like coffee at all. I don't drink it, which is weird because oh, I'm from okay. Seattle. But yeah, I, just ne- I never got into it. Uh, I think a, a nice cold shower in the morning wakes you up just perfectly. And uh, it's I have enough vices as is. I don't need to add caffeine to that list as well. So, uh, right. so okay. n- no coffee for know. me. Yep. Yeah, we we got to make cutbacks out somewhere. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of which, though, uh, obviously the NFL season, very exciting. Week one, we're all fired up. Monday night, I was fired up. I even tweeted before the game. I said, this just feels like a massive deal. This feels like a Super Bowl almost because there's so much hype about Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Unfortunately, Rodgers blowing out his Achilles in the game. Wow. He is done for the season on injured reserve. I mean, you can't even make it up. It's just absolutely unreal. No. I feel terrible for Jets fans and that Jets organization with all the excitement that was out there. But Rodgers put on his Instagram yesterday that he said, I'm completely broken, heartbroken, I should say, and moving through all of the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. The night is darkest before dawn, and I shall rise yet again. And a lot of obviously a, a big implications down the line for the New York Jets with this, with, with the Green Bay Packers as well. But from a Jets standpoint, uh, I mean, they got to move on. NFL life moves on. They have a game on Sunday. How do they kind of go forward with Zach Wilson now at QB one? You know, I, I, I hearken it to the scene in Apollo 13 where, you know, those scientists are sitting in the, around that conference table and this one guy comes in with his white shirt and he has a box full of crap and he throws it out on the table and he says, we got to make this turn into that using nothing but this. And they drew it on the board. I mean, that's really where you are. And what, what I believe is this is when you find out about your leadership. Like, they, you know, this is where it becomes crucial for you as a team to move forward. You know, you got to remind everybody that everybody's replaceable as hard as it is. And you feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. You do because, you know, when I was a kid, I can remember being in, 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 in Delaware at my relative's house in the basement eating chocolate chip cookies. I was going to finally watch the Giants. finally going to watch the Redskins play the Giants, you know, because in Philly we didn't get those games. But in Delaware, for some reason they did. I don't know why. Mm. But he had a box that I could – and I was eating chocolate chip cookies and I had the TV on and Jurgensen gets hurt after throwing a 13-yard completion. And then when I was in Cleveland, you know, Marino – Mm-hmm. Goes and reaches for his leg on a drive, and the next thing I know, he's walking off the field with a torn Achilles, and I think, oh, my God, we're going to win this game. And, of course, Scott Mitchell throws a 98-yard touchdown pass to, Na- to, to Namdi Mustafa for a touchdown. Now, now we're really going to win, and, of course, we get beat because we let down like Buffalo did and made mm-hmm. mistakes. So, you know, I think what, you, what, what Salah's got to do is stop talking about it. You know, you move on. Nobody cares. One thing you know about the National Football League could give a shit about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. In fact, you know, everybody's thankful he got hurt to help to play a hard quarterback. You know, and then they got to turn the negative into a positive. It really becomes us against the world. This, and that's a great battle cry to have as a leader. You know, nobody thinks we can do it. Everybody's writing our season off. But, you know, we're good on defense. We're good in the kicking game. We can do it. And, and I don't think he can panic. The biggest challenge he has, since he doesn't really coach offense or defense, is he's got to go in there with the offensive staff and say, this is what I want to do. This, I want to do these eight things that Zach Wilson does really well. I want to put them up here on the board, and I want to, do, and I want to eliminate everything he doesn't do well. We're no longer running Aaron Rodgers' offense. We're no longer doing that. Mm-hmm. We're going to start our own offense today, and it's going to be for Zach Wilson. It's going to be the things he does well. And when he does them well, we'll add more to it. But if we're going to go into Dallas with a, a lot of shit on our plate, we're going to get our asses kicked. 
But if we go down there with a really tight game plan around what he does well, and if we have to punt six times, that's okay because we may, we'll be in the game. They're not going to score 30 on us. They're not going to score 28 on us. We're going to hold them down if we don't give them the ball back and then remind everybody on the team that it's the team that wins, not individuals. So this, to me, what Salah, after the disappointment, he's got to embrace this. He's got to say this is, this is a great opportunity for all of us to prove it and use it as a positive. I, I, I really I find it hard to believe that the Jets have gone from a, now they're a nine-and-a-half-point dog in Dallas. Seems a like, I'm not in love with Zach Wilson by no means, but nine and a half points. Yeah, it seems a little much for, for uh, in my opinion here. And Robert Sala, which I mean, to their credit, the Jets won the game. Like, everyone's talking about like, oh, my God, like the sky is falling. They are one and oh, they beat the Buffalo Bills in a big game. That, that's a division victory over a division rival who's directly in your path of winning the division title. But Sala was asked about kind of the morale of this team and where things are headed uh, now that Rodgers is no longer available. Here's what he told the New York media earlier this week. I don't know why people are trying to put an obituary onto our, our team name. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, Aaron is an unbelievable piece to this whole thing and, and we love him, but, uh, I think there's, there's 52 other guys in the locker room plus the 16 practice squad guys that, uh, that believe that we can do a hell of a lot of good things here while the outside world can go ahead and write whatever story they want to write. There's, there's still the, the true story being written in this building. So. And that's got to be the rallying cry. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Robert Sala. Coach, I know that we've had questions about here on this podcast, but I thought the way that they handled things Monday after Rodgers went down I was really impressive. And now we're going to really find out, all right, Robert Sala, now you got to go back to the guy that you were actively looking to replace and did replace and try to get his confidence back up and get the team's confidence back up to ultimately do what they hope to accomplish. Yeah, I th- and I think he's got to – look, when, you, when you're trying to give your team an identity, you know, sometimes it takes a while. I think that's – one of the things you would say about week one of the NFL season is is teams thought they were one team and they became something else. And the quicker you find your identity, the quicker you understand who you really are and how you have to play to win, the quicker you can win. And so for him, you know, he's got to abandon this playbook of Rogers stuff and he's got to get itself to Zach Moore. And he also has to, Zach Wilson, excuse me. And he also has to understand that his offensive line will now become a bigger issue. Because before, with Will with Rodgers, he can get rid of the ball. You know, he can get him in the right play. He can take away the blitz. He can do this and do that at the line. All that stuff works. Now it's not going to work, and so they got to double down. And and as a leader, what you have to do is you got to. Here's our strengths. And so what you must work on are your strengths. You got to keep working. You know, our our defense has to have every opportunity. We got to keep working on that. We got to keep improving our defense because you got to compensate for losing the player. And the only way you can do it is improve your weaknesses a little bit, but improve your strengths as well. Most people just ignore. They say, "Well, you know, we're going to have to improve." No, you got to improve your special teams. You got to improve that. You got to improve your defense. That that's to me is what's got to happen. And they can do that. I mean, they're not going to be pushover page. They're not going to lose. Mm. I mean, they have a chance to go in <clears throat> there now if they start turning over the ball. You know, and they do stupid things on offense, then you know they're gonna they're gonna lose games. Yeah, and, and to kind of break down this game, the Jets at the Cowboys, one of the marquee games of the week here in the afternoon slate. Like, I think the Jets can keep it close. And, and, and as much as Dallas was impressive last Sunday night, 
on the defensive side of the ball, we didn't really see anything from Dallas's offense. Like the Giants didn't ask Dallas any questions on offense. Like I think the Jets could ask some uncomfortable questions of this Dallas offense because the Jets, Sauce Gardner is a lockdown corner. They get interior pressure. We know every quarterback hates interior pressure. And I think that we're, the Cowboys are still kind of working some things out with McCarthy now as the new play caller. Right. And, and if you're Salah and you're Nathaniel Hackett, you now have to ask yourself, how are they going to play us now? So Quinn, all the work he did on the Jets this summer and, and training camp is out the window. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to play them a different way. He's going to force Wilson to have to participate in the game. That's his, that's his job. He's got to force him to participate. Now, it would be helpful if we got a lead and we got like we did against the Giants where now Daniel Jones has got to participate in the game with the passing game and the Giants have to show they have a passing game which exposes their offensive line. Everything kind of balances off one another. So that, that's what, what Nathaniel Hackett has to do as a strategist. He's got to figure out, okay, we're going to get a hell of a lot more eight-man fronts. So I think when Bryce Hall was in the game last week, when you go to the stats – you know, uh, in the rushing stats, when he was in the game, you know, he saw uh, eight-man fronts probably 20% of the time. So that number is going to go way up now, way up. Mm. You know, remember, when you see a too-high safety like Eckler, there was a lot of too-high safeties against the, the Chargers against Miami. Well, you know, that was t- that's why he ran the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're getting a lot of eight-man fronts, it doesn't stop the run, but you have a chance to stop the run. Whereas McCaffrey... You know, San Francisco, I mean, Pittsburgh was in an eight-man front pretty much most of the game. This is what's going to change. This is how this is going to – and how you anticipate that change is going to be critical. Yeah, I just have a feeling – I think this is going to be a much more competitive game than people think. Like, I think the Cowboys are going to still win, but – I, it, it feels like 20 to 17 to me, something like that, where it's lower scoring. This Jets defense rises to the occasion. It's going to come down to the Cowboys not turning the ball over themselves and giving the Jets new life there. All right, we'll continue to break down the other storylines. Chris Jones is back in KC. We'll discuss it next here on the GM Shuffle. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's gonna keep me on track with my gut health, and DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast, boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you gotta do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your your gut with Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE.
Chris Jones, the all-pro defensive tackle, is back in the fold with the Kansas City Chiefs, signing earlier this week a one-year deal worth up to, the important words, worth up to $25 million. It's a $19.5 million base salary and then roughly $5 million in incentives. And Michael, my question to you is, what was the point of the holdout? I don't know what it was, and, and, and I think the, the maximum value of the deal is like $23 million. So that there's the first lie. The second lie is it was a worthwhile holdout. I mean, that's a ridiculous lie. So he lost $3.1 million with this statement that he made. $3.1 million. You know, $3.1 million he lost. Now, what happened was the Chiefs gave him every opportunity to get it back. They put an incentive in at 35% playtime which is for a million dollars, which which counts likely to be earned because he played 35% last year. Mm-hmm. And then they put a 50% one in there for another million. And that counts. So he gave him a chance to get $2 million of the 3.1 back just right there. And then they put, then he has, he kept in there his 10 sack clause, which counts as likely to be earned because he had 15 and a half sacks. That's at 1.25. He had that in his contract before. They added a 15-sack total, which had half a million. Okay, that counts likely to be earned. And then what they did was they added an all-pro and, and win the Super Bowl, all-pro all and go to the Super Bowl, all defensive player of the year, and win the Super Bowl. And those two add up to $3 million. So the most he can earn is $23 million. If he gets his base and 50% play time, he gets 183 so, it, you know, it wasn't worthwhile, but he can spin it any way he wants. Now, the, the, issue, the other thing is people say, well, they, they didn't put the fran- – you know, they can still franchise him. No, stop. He's going to be $34 million to franchise. They're going to have cap room. I mean, they had to go and ju- redo Joe Tooney's contract to get this to, – to allow these incentives to count on the cap. That's how mm-hmm. tight they are. So they, they bent over a little bit to do this, but they certainly didn't bend over. Look, the CBA is all about not holding out. That's mm-hmm. part of what the CBA is about. And yet they still held out, and then he still held out. It's not worthwhile. Yeah, if he's happy, I'm happy. I mean, I don't know how I'd go home losing $3.1 <laughs> million and sleep well. <laughs> so he said at the press conference, he said, I'm super pleased with how it turned out. I'm back in the building. I'm excited to be back, thankful for the organization. I've re- reiterated multiple times, I plan to play for the Kansas City Chiefs for the long haul of my career. That doesn't change because of the past situation. If I'm Chris Jones, I'm looking at my agent. I'm saying, what, what the hell were we doing? Like, like, we couldn't do better than this? Like, like, what, like why, why did you guys uh, agree to me holding out? Like, to me, almost like, I don't know if the agent was behind him holding out or if he was behind it and the agent just has to kind of play along and say, hey, we got to do the best that we can do because it's the, the hand that we were dealt. But like, it makes no sense whatsoever yeah. to, play, to pay $3 million just to skip training camp in week one. Well, it doesn't make sense because the rules prohibit this, right? I mean, the rules are that the way the owners and the players have agreed to this collective bargaining agreement it, it, they don't want holdouts. They don't want rookie holdouts. They don't want veteran holdouts. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I think the owners wanted in terms of on their side, and the players got a lot of off-season relinquishness on their side. Mm-hmm. And so when you hold out and you get fined in $2.1 million and then you miss a game check, you know, you're, it adds up. I mean, the meter's running. You know, you're, you're taking an Uber from L.A. To, to New York. I mean, that meter's running, man. You know, so <laughs> – stupid it just doesn't make sense yeah. it, you know and so you got to get better advice than that like he could have easily gotten this deal had he gone in mm-hmm. i'm sure the chiefs would have done something along these lines maybe not giving them the two playtime incentives 
uh, to try to help him make up the money that he lost. But I'm sure they would have done something else had they sat down. Now, you know, I think his cap number next year will be $34 million. I mean, well, if, if he wants to resign, they're not going to franchise him. He's going to be in the open market next year. He will be on. I mean, there's no way they can put him on there. They, it's impossible to think they're going to go and put a $34 million cap charge to go along with Mahomes' cap charge to go along with all their other players. I mean, all of a sudden, the cap's gone. Yeah, it's it's perplexing what, what he was looking to accomplish with this thing. Um, clearly, he didn't get the long-term extension. So, I mean, I guess, if like you said, if he's happy, then I guess I'm happy. It's not my money. It's not my money. It's not my money. I mean, whatever he wants to do, it's good for me. I mean, it's a free look, he'll make a difference in the game. Yeah. You know, Bosa played 35 plays last week. Then he signed on Wednesday. He played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. This kid has had more time to practice, but... He's going down to the heat and humidity down there in Jacksonville. Oof. Don't think he's going to practice quite as much, you know, uh, but he'll make an impact on the game, especially with the Jacksonville's offensive line situation with Brandon Sheriff. Whether he's going to play, I think you need to check that. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't talked about Kelsey in this game. Is he going to play? Everybody, all signs point to him playing, and I get that. But how effective will he be playing? I think that's something else. A lot of people thought he was going to be a lot longer. And in this game, to me, for me, this is a little bit of a stay away game Mm. because I I, I don't, you know, I don't have a real sense of it. But I would say this. I think that you got to be really careful when you're looking at this, especially check the injury board. But Andy Reid, you know, we talk about it coming off a bye. We talk about him coming off. He's had 10 days to prepare for this. Plus, he's played two games against them. I mean, I think he, it's a pretty safe bet that it'll be a really good offensive game plan for Kansas City. Whether it executes or not, that's a different story. Yeah, well, they got to catch passes. The the, the Kadarius Tonys, the Sky Moors, they're going to need those guys to catch passes. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, he gonna and try, all that stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to get them the ball early in the game to help them build their confidence, mm. which is what he has to kind of do, right? He's got to kind of build their confidence. Yeah, no, that's 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 definitely key because it's been about a week or so of everyone talking about how bad those guys were. So you want to get their confidence back up. You mentioned that it's a stay away game for you here. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see Jacksonville's defense. This is a defense that I've had questions about all offseason. Uh, watching them last Sunday, I mean, they made some decent plays. Josh Allen, I know he had three sacks, but a lot of those sacks were kind of more so Anthony Richardson kind of running into him and like, with holding on to the football and all that. But I think defensively, if Kansas City is humming along and Kelsey's back in the lineup and he's back in the fold, I think this is going to be a good test for that Jacksonville defense that last year was pretty weak against the past. Yeah, I think that I think this could be a high-scoring affair. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, the, the, look, Kansas City's going to have an issue now. How are they going to handle? How are they going to handle Ridley? Yeah. How are they going to handle Ridley? And then then all of a sudden, how are you handling Kirk? I mean, this offense is really good for Jacksonville, and if the quarterback doesn't hurt himself and beat himself. They can be really effective. This could be an up the field. Now, I think where you got to give Jackson a lot of credit, Femi, they played really good in the fourth quarter against Indianapolis. They kind of took the game over in the fourth, offensively and defensively. I mean, they had the goal line stand, which killed every every better on the Colts pick right there. So I think you got to give them a little bit of credit. They played better defensively. But when you're in a three-receiver set like Jacksonville is, and you've got to take away one of these guys, and Ridley's one of those guys you got to take away, it's hard. And you're going to have to do it up front. I mean, they need Chris to play great. I did not think the Chiefs' defensive front, without, without him in there, was very effective. I didn't think they made, a, made the pocket move. You know, when you're playing a quarterback, you must make the pocket move. You can't let him st- – like, 
Tua last week. It was a seven-on-seven game. I mean, if you go back and watch the Tua tape, which I have, I mean, it'd circle around him how much, how much distance he had between a defender and where he could throw the ball. And if you put all the, re, all the plays where he had people in front of him, it's a different game. But if you let him back there and play seven-on-seven, seven, if you let Lawrence back there and play – it's all quarterbacks. You let him play seven-on-seven, seven, you're going to have a problem. He was sipping tea back there with all the time that he had to go ahead and pass. It wasn't them. so much the time. He had plenty of time, mm-hmm. but it was the it was the lane to step up and throw. It was the parting of the seas to then not have any obstruction of what he was seeing down the field. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't I, look the, the Chargers ran past the quarterback so many times. It's it's just not a not a well coached defense, but we've 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 documented that with the Chargers here. Uh, yeah, this this Chiefs Jags game. So I I bet Kansas City when it was at two and a half, just because I figured that either one of Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey would be back. Both the guys it appears to be back. So now the line sits here at three and a half. I might try to middle the three here, Michael. I might try to get frisky and bet Jacksonville plus three and a half, and maybe hope this thing lands Kansas City winning by three, and maybe we win both bets. Uh, that could be something that, that I go ahead and accomplish. Uh, there you go. S- speaking of quarterback evaluations, I know you wanted to hit this here before we head to break. Oh, my uh, God. Y- y- <laughs> your friends over at, uh, oh at Pro Football Focus, y- you have a little like, bit of a, of a, of a, of a question I mean, I for them. I don't understand it. I go, I go to the grades, you know, and they had two of number one, Stafford, who played well, Lawrence. I mean, you know, they had Mac Jones, the seventh best quarterback last week. I watched that tape closely. I think Mac would probably tell you he didn't play very well. I missed a, he missed some throws. Uh, he had more time than people think he did, you know, to get open, especially against a pretty good eagle front. But there were guys open on the tape. And there was, you know, missed throws don't necessarily are incompletion. Missed throws can be we didn't get as much yards out of them. They turned the ball over. Look, he wasn't the reason they lost. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm, I'm suggesting I don't think he was the seventh-best quarterback on the field last week. I really don't. I think Brock Purdy played much better than him, right? Mm-hmm. I think Carr played better than him. And, I, and you know, both those guys are lower than he is, you know? And then, and then of course, your guy. I mean, how could this go? I mean, like, I watched the game closely, and Jordan loves at 62.5 and Fields is at 60.9. I, I give up. I resign. I mean, I'm done. Like, why would you even go to – like, tell me what they're doing and who's evaluating this. Like, evaluate the evaluator. Like, how does this come out? And, and they hide behind this curtain. Like, okay, it's okay. No, it's not. Like, somebody tell me who's doing the quarterback rating. I want to know. I want to know the expertise in this. I want to know how, you know, Justin Fields is 60.9. I watched him play, turned the ball over, fumbled, had chances to make some plays, didn't. I mean, Sam Howe was 61.4. I didn't think Sam Howe was any good. I mean, Kenny Pickett was 52.8. I thought he was horrible. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir to me, at least as it pertains to week one. I didn't understand those grades. I, like, I, I, don't, I also don't look at the PFF grades, to be quite honest. I just think there's a whole lot. Of, there's too much I, noise I in it. I make it clear. Look, it's, I sign up for PFF, not to mm, rip them. Yep. I, I look at their stats. I want to see like what the, their team reports look like, I, I, you know, because I'm in the information business. I want yeah. to know, but I'm not. I, what I'm saying, I'm not blindly following this. No, like you there's can't. no chance I'm blindly following this. Like separation on receivers, and you know, like there's no way I'm blindly following that. Like there's mm-hmm. just no way. 
Yeah, no, I, I think they have some interesting stuff at PFF. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm just shitting on PFF. Like, their team-based stuff, I think, is interesting. But the individual grades, I think you got to take them with a grain right, of salt. So let me give you this one. Let me give you this one. Brendan Ayuk had a higher grade than uh, than Ty Tyreek. Was there a better receiver in football than Tyreek Hill? No. At least I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it either. And I watched the Niners-Steelers game. Ayuk was awesome, but Tyreek Hill was otherworldly. Uh, we'll get to Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins taking on the Patriots and other games from Week 2 coming up next. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. What a week we have. Sun up to sundown, college basketball conference tournaments all day long for your betting pleasure. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SHUFFLE. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHUFFLE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources week two kicks off tonight michael thursday night football vikings at the eagles and looking at the betting market right now this one has me a little confused uh, the eagles six point favorites total 49 i full disclosure i have bet philadelphia and i bet, laid six and a half it's now six so uh there must be something that i'm missing here how do you break down this game here vikings eagles at the link tonight well i think you're missing the injury level i mean philly loses dean the, the starting linebacker he's on ir reed blankenship then became the green dot player mm -hmm. in the game, and then they lost him. And then when you look at – we were just talking about in the last segment, you look at what what New England's offense could have done and did, uh, and then you think of Kirk Cousins, even though he's probably going to be – Bradbury's out. The offensive lineman yep. Bradbury is out. But, you know, they may get Darashaw back. I don't know. But it seems like, you know, that people can move the football on Philadelphia – they're secondary. Bradbury's, Bradbury's not going to play. Uh, he's out with a concussion, so he's limited. Maddox, you can attack him in the slot. So there you go. You can win that. And th this defense isn't anywhere near it. And, and they, their defensive front didn't dominate last week against New England. Now, they made some plays, and they won the game, and they deserve credit. And maybe it's because they're rusty and they haven't had a chance to really get going. Mm -hmm. But Riddick was a non-existent player last week. Sweat didn't really make any plays. You know, I mean, late in the game, Carter made a play, and the Patriots started two rookie guards in there. You know, they started two rookie guards in there, and they started kid Calvin Anderson. So I think this number's moving to Minnesota because, A, I think people think it's going to be a higher-scoring game, and, B, you know, I, I feel like the over, even though it's teetered around 49-and-a-half and it's come down, I think people think this will be a little bit more of a, a game in the 20s. And Philly's coming off their worst offensive performance mm -hmm. in 27 games. So, you know, why is that? I mean, 
Think about this, Femi. They scored 207 points in the second quarter last year. Okay? Against the Patriots, they didn't score any. They scored 16 in the first quarter against the Patriots, seven by the defense. So, you know, they, they didn't get off to that fast, typical start. They, they, they were playing from ahead, but it was 16-14 at the half. So I, I think, to me, you, you've got to kind of – there's a couple factors playing into this why the number's coming down. I think the book's a little nervous, or the people that are betting this are nervous that Philly might not be as good defensively right now as they were last year. And Minnesota, even though everybody doesn't want to bet Kirk Cousins on, on national TV, they do know that Minnesota's offense is pretty good. Although I thought Madison in pass protection wasn't very good last week. You know, I thought he was not very good. But, you know, when they got into a rhythm and didn't turn the ball over, they were moving it, but they gave a game away. That, I mean, that first half should have been a different story against Tampa, and it wasn't. And the, the Eagles injuries, like, that's the point that is well taken. Like, they definitely have big injuries up the middle of the defense there. And, of course, with James Bradbury on the outside there. My only thing to where I'm still willing to push back against the market, and maybe I could just be dead wrong. Like, maybe this is a very competitive game. Maybe Minnesota wins the game. But why I'm willing to push back is that I also think that the Eagles went up against one of the better defenses that they're going to face all season last week. And also Philadelphia didn't play much in the preseason. They didn't play at all, those starters in the preseason. So I think they were still working some things out. This is a drop-off in terms of competition, the Minnesota Vikings defense that they will face tonight. And on a short week, I still I don't want to go ahead and just take that one week of, all right, four yards per play for Philadelphia, a sign of things to come. I'm willing to at least bet on the fact that I think Philadelphia can bounce back and be the team that we saw last year offensively. So uh, the defense point is definitely well taken. Like the Vikings should be able to put up points, but if the Vikings were to get down by double digits in the second half, I think that's when Kirk Cousins with a backup center could be behind the eight ball with that defensive front coming after him. I think because New England was able to keep the thing close to where they couldn't just go ahead and tee off. If the Vikings do get down, then it could be trouble for Cousins there in the pocket. Well, I mean, look, I, I think you're right, and and I can't anticipate Philly not playing as well, uh, pl- not playing better offensively. I think your point's well taken. About f- New England's defensive front gave Philly's offensive line some <laughs> New trouble. New England's they defense really is did. good. <laughs> they, they really did, and and Hertz got hit. He got hit a bunch, and he didn't really run at the same level that he ran the year before. I think he's smart now. I think he wants to take care of himself. I, I noticed the guy, not that he's not trying to compete. I noticed the guy that's smarter with the ball in his hands, knowing mm. that it's the long season and I'm not trying to fight for an extra eight inches. But Gamewell's out too. Gamewell's out too. And, and I didn't see, I didn't feel swift in the game, you know, as, as making a big difference. So look, in Minnesota, the challenge is you got to take A.J. Brown. You can't let him have a play down the field. You can't allow that to happen. You got to make them work it like New England did, settle for field goals and keep yourself in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, I can't wait to watch the game because this is one that I, I'm genuinely like just a little surprised that the market's all the way down here at six, even with the injuries included. But uh, maybe the injuries are more impactful than I'm thinking that they are on the surface here. But yeah, I like Philadelphia tonight. Uh, <laughs> buyer beware. <laughs> Let's get to Sunday Night Football, though. We mentioned New England. I think this actually has a chance to be the game of the week here because we're seeing the high-flying Dolphins offense against one of the better defenses in the league in the New England Patriots. Right now, Miami is a three-point favorite. I have bet this game as well. I took the three with New England, also sprinkled a little bit on the money line as well. But uh, how do you break this one down here, Dolphins, Patriots? It's Sunday Night Football. Well, this is a game about physicality, right? This is a game about 
what offensive and defensive line can win. You know, this is going to be the game against, you know, New England's got to get in the paint. You can't make this a seven-on-seven game. You've got to attack Tua inside. You can't attack him outside. And you've got to be able to take the steam off of, of, of Hill. Hill's, Hill's career against them, I think he had one touchdown. He averaged 12 yards a catch. He had 19 targets last year against New England in two games. The second game, Teddy Bridgewater played. So he had 19 targets. He, had 12, he averaged 12 yards a catch. They did a nice job of keeping him out of the game. You're not going to take him out of the game completely, but you can't let him give him the home run. You can't go one play, 35-yard touchdown. you got to be aware of them, and you got to force them to try to run the ball a little bit more. And Morset, Morset's hurt. He's, you know, he was on the injury list this week. They are going to get Armstead back, but I thought Lamb played half decent last week. But you got to power, you got to power this offensive line, and you've got to make it very uncomfortable. If you watch when Tua has to move his feet right or left and he can't really plant it, you got a really good chance to stop him. If you let him have that, you know, that that, that huge lane inside, he's going to make some. He's going to throw the ball. These these talented skill players, and I think New England's front. It's going to come down to New England's front. That's going to come down to Ken. Look, the Chargers ran the hell out of the ball on Vic Fangio, uh, his defense. He played too high safety. He kind of encouraged them to run it and see if they would make a play. They did run it. They just didn't score. You know, the, the two drives that mattered the most, they got the ball when, when they were up on their own 20 or 15-yard line after the turnover, and they end up punting from their, from their back goal line because Herbert, for whatever reason, took a ridiculous sack. Yeah, that was almost And then he had the grounding call in the two-minute. I mean, th- at some point, you got to say, you got to play smart, Justin. You can't play like that. So, I mean, look, last year in Miami, opening day, they got beat, turnover, Mac Jones threw interceptions. He turned it over. If that's going to be the story, you know, that'll be a problem. They held him to 20 points in Miami last year. They held him to 20 points in New England last year. I think it'll be a close game. It'll come down to the fourth quarter. Yeah, the Dolphins injury report from yesterday was Mostert, like you mentioned, knee injury, didn't practice. Jalen Waddle was limited with an oblique injury, so just kind of keep an eye on that, but I believe he'll play. Sounds like Teron Armstead should be back as well there at left tackle for yeah. Miami. How long, we don't know. Well, I yeah. think the oblique on I think the oblique on Waddle is probably more than you think it is. Mm. Those things are hard. Those things are problematic. They just don't – you don't have an oblique and like – it's not like a sprained thumb. You can work around it. Those things are hard. Well, there you go. Michael Lombardi's going to keep an eye on Jalen Waddle. Maybe even if he does play, it's not going to be 100% Jalen Waddle that we're used to. Uh, another game yeah, that you got to see in pregame. You got to watch him run. Yeah. You got to. You got. That's that's what you do in pregame. You watch guys. You see how they look, and you know, I, and then you see how they behave in the first quarter as the game goes on. Especially, look, New England's got to make this a rumble tumble. They got to. They got to be physical. Mm-hmm. The the most physical team will win. This will be a physicality challenge for. Miami, they've got to be, they got to be, New England has to be, they have to make this a physical game. Keep it in a phone booth. That's, that's the way to go ahead and do it. The Ravens at the Bengals, Cincinnati 0-1, lost a division game. So this is a massive game here for Cincinnati. You don't want to fall to 0-2 within your division. Do the Bengals bounce back on Sunday? Well, I mean, if they can't bounce back now, I mean, this is one of those scary games for me because on paper, the way Baltimore's injury list looks like, it seems like you just have to go play it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Stanley's hurt. Lindenball's hurt. We're, sure, we're not sure about Andrews. They're secondary. They think Marcus, Marcus Williams is out. They think Marlon Humphrey might be able to go. But their secondary is not any good anyway. I mean, C.J. Stroud went on two 11, 10-plus drives last week. Are they good enough on defense? 
you know, who's going to replace Dobbins? Are they, they're going with Gus Edwards and they're going with Justin Hill. You know, to me, I, I, I'm not sure. You know, Stanley's always hurt. I'm not surprised yeah. by that. But Lamar's back. They went into Baltimore, played them tough last year in Cincinnati. So this is one of those where it's, it's easy to take Cincinnati and lay the points. But there's always a, there's always something that comes up in these divisional games. To me, I I I'm a stay away on this one, Femi. Yeah, I didn't bet it. If it got to three, then I would bet Cincinnati. But at three and a half, I think it's just a stay away. I think the Bengals should I love win that. the game. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> let's t- let's revisit those threes and threes and a half when they come in. You know, we'll see that. I mean, I know they do. I know three's a key number, but it's, I it's, love yeah, when you just, use that. I love when you use that logic. It's just the most key that. number in the NFL. I would love for you to tell Al Davis, <laughs> I really like this game today, but it would be a ha- if we got a half a point, I'd like it more. Oh, I'd love to hear you say that to him. Well, if, Al, to if Al Davis was deep into the betting, he'd say, I agree. Oh, he, oh. Uh, real quick before we head if to If you break. like him, you like him. If you like him, you like him. I want to be able to push on three. Uh, Packers-Falcons, interesting early game. Both teams coming off of victories against division opponents. I'm seeing the betting market actually bet Atlanta right now as we speak. They're now a one-point favorite. Totals four and a half real quick. Uh, what do you make of this game here between two quarterbacks who are still pretty unproven? Well, I think Love played better last week, even though he had the same grade as Fields. But my point, I think this is a game we're going to find out about Green Bay. Now, Green Bay, uh, Walker could be hurt. Mm-hmm. We don't know about Aaron Jones either. He was out last, you know, he went out. He said he could have gone back in. It was cramping up. I'm worried about that. He he needs to play. Can Green Bay play run defense? I think mm. that's the fundamental question. Yep. And everybody, Femi, everybody, this is one of those games where uh, when I looked at it this morning, no one was betting Atlanta. Uh, no, nobody's betting Green Bay. 28% of the bets. Everybody's on Atlanta. Everybody's on Atlanta. I'll tell you the games that you have to be really, you're going to be on the side of the public if you do it. The Giants, 90% of the bets, you know. New England, New England's got the right dynamic. Low, low, uh, low count, low ticket count, high money. Yeah, I think New England's a sharp side Sunday night football. Uh, Packers-Falcons, though, very interesting. We'll break down the rest of the games on the other side. This is the GM Shuffle. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning. I'm checking the betting odds. I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your 
your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. Seahawks will be in the Motor City, where I'm sure this will be a raucous environment over there at Ford Field, taking on the Detroit Lions. Mm. I've seen Detroit right now down to a four and a half point favorite. Interesting, right? Wow. Their total is at 47. But can you imagine why that environment? Why is this line moving to? Why is this line moving to Seattle? Seattle's got a zillion injuries. Mm. I mean, they got a z- now. Look, they went up there. They played well. I mean, I don't. Mm. I'm not ready to bury Seattle for. Uh, how poorly they looked offensively last week because I think a lot of that Shane Waldron doesn't have a really good handle on Raheem Morris, as I said last week. But, you know, there's a lot of injuries for Seattle that you're worried about. Charles Cross, the left tackle, can he play? We know that the right tackle is on IR. So, you know, you're down two guys there. I mean, now they get they pick up Jamal. He comes. Jamal Adams is probably going to play, and Witherspoon's probably going to play. So they pick up two guys, but they did not look good defensively. I mean, Matthew Stafford carved them up. And last last year, this was a this was a shootout. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a back and forth. I think the Seahawks got up on them, and then the Detroit started to roar back there in the second half. Seattle barely hanging on. And this is a game, honestly, Michael. When it was at six and a half, I bet Seattle. Like, I thought six and a half was too many points in this game. Like I'm, I'm not willing to write off Seattle off of that horrific performance on Sunday. And I think this is one of those classic buy, buy low, sell high kind of spots. Now, maybe Detroit just wins and covers. Like, it doesn't mean that Seattle has to cover. But we saw Detroit last time out, national TV, beat the defending Super Bowl champions. And the last time we saw the Seahawks, we saw them getting their tails kicked in by the L.A. Rams. So I think this is kind of one of those buy low, sell highs. And that's why the market, I think, is buying in on the Seahawks. Now, if Seattle plays poor again, then I think you see the adjustment get made to where they significantly downgrade the Seahawks. But I think this is one, one more kind of, all right, Seattle, you had the stinker, now bounce back here in week two. Well, I mean, look, last year they ran for 235 yards against Detroit. They threw for 320. The problem was Detroit had 520 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. You know, Detroit threw for 375. Now, Detroit turned it over twice. Seattle only turned it over once. It's a 48-45 game. You know, nobody played defense that day. No one did. So, I mean, the thing that worries you is the injuries on Seattle. That's yeah. what worries you. If Seattle's had their tackles, I think I'd be all over it. But this number would probably be more towards the three than it would yep. be the six. You got a good number. Yeah. No, I think if Seattle was completely healthy, I think we're looking at three and a half or four, somewhere around that range with the Detroit Lions being the favorites. But they are the favorites at four and a half currently over at uh, five and a half at DraftKings, four and a half, but it is the consensus number. Let's talk Chargers and Titans. I know this is a game that you're really interested in. I think from a coaching matchup, yeah. this is very interesting. Brandon Staley and the Chargers, three-point favorites on the road against Mike Rabel and the Tennessee Titans. This is a complete stay away from me. What about you? Why? I, well, first of all, I, last year they went out to, they went out to Los Angeles without Jer- Jeffrey Simmons and, and got a lot of guys hurt. Tannehill was in and out of the game. Willis actually had a play in that game. Mm-hmm. And it was a 14-10 win for, for the Chargers. I mean, it was a hard game for the Chargers. The Chargers moved the football, but they had a hard time putting it in the end zone. They had to score 10 points in the fourth quarter. You know, and then let's advance it forward. I mean, Kellen Moore went in there with the Cowboys as good as they were. And Joshua Dobbs was playing quarterback for Tennessee on that. I think it was a, the Monday it's, night it's or it was Thursday Christmas night Eve. Football. Or, yeah. Thursday night football, and it was, you know, the game kind of got away late, but 
they played them competitively. You know, I mean, in, Tennessee was not good offensively. They had, you know, first play of the game, they get the kickoff, and then they, they can't quite get into a rhythm. But Tennessee's playing home. They're healthy. And I know Hopkins was on the injury report, but, yeah, you know, and the way, San, the way the Chargers played defense, run defense last week, I'm still not sold on them. So, I mean, why wouldn't you take the home team it, it, that you know the home team is going to be well-coached, situationally managed, and has played this team pretty well in the past and has played the coordinator well in the past? So I wanted to take the Titans, but after living the Titans experience last Sunday – and a little see, salty. I think this is the, it, you, you see, it, this is why I think, Femi, and I say this with all sincerity, mm-hmm. you, last week is last week. Like, this is where I really think betting people in betting get in trouble, is they take last week and they manifest it to this week. It, there's some factors we have to consider. Injuries mm-hmm. in last week. The matchups last week. I mean, they held a, t- a New Orleans offense, which is pretty damn good, to 16 points. I mean, pretty good. I mean, New Orleans offense and, the, and Carr, when he has time to throw, they're as good as the Chargers offense. Now, Eckler might not play in this game. Eckler might not play. He's got an injury, plus he had his, 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 his agent died. So there's a lot of things going on. It's a home game. Uh, it's going to be a physical game. Mike Williams played in the last game in Los Angeles, too, and they did a good job on him. I, I don't think last week, because you're not counting for improvement. You're not allowing coaching to come through. And the other thing I think we miss on when we talk about last week is we miss on the the attention span of the players. When they lose and you get them in the building and if coaches got control of the team, they're going to play better. They may not win. They're going to play better the next week. Well, the point that I was making is that Tannehill, man, like, like they should have won that game against New Orleans. Like, like they, they, If he just throws two interceptions, they win against New Orleans. And the three interceptions, I just – I'm not. I'm not saying I'm betting against the Titans. I'm not because I don't want to bet the Chargers in this matchup. That's for sure. Because I could see Derrick Henry having a big game and Tajay Spears having a big game against that Chargers defensive front. But I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine passing this one up. There's 200 plus more games to bet the regular season. This is one of them that I just don't want to be involved with. <laughs> That's all I'm I saying. You. I hear you. I hear That's you. all I'm saying. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's go. All to the right, next let's one. hit this next one. Uh, Raiders and the Bills. Uh, this is one that is interesting. The Raiders actually this morning have been getting bet throughout the morning. The line is now down to eight and a half. Buffalo favored at home. Total forty-seven here. Uh, what do you make of this game? Silver and black going up to Western New York to face Buffalo. I thought the Raiders played well last week. I thought their offensive line was really good. They gave Garoppolo time. I think this will be a really challenging game for them defensively. You know, uh, they they held Denver. Denver didn't really make any plays in the passing game. Uh, it's a different offense with Buffalo this week. It'll be more spread. So that'll be a challenge. They'll challenge their corners, which I think will be an issue. But the one thing I think Buffalo, I, I, I think Buffalo is really prone when they're going to play against teams with power. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Now, I, I think if if the Raiders find a way to win this game, and I think it'll be really challenging, uh, is it's going to be because they're able to run the football right at them. I mean, Buffalo is not a big team. They got Milano inside, and they've got this kid Bernard in there who they drafted in the third round from Baylor, who is maybe six feet tall, maybe 225. He looks like a safety in the box. 
He looks like a safety in the box. And when they're in sub or they're in their big dime, they don't, you know, they need Jordan Phillips to be physical in there. I mean, this is going to be, and their safeties now, Poyer and Hyde, are not the same elite players that they once were. The way the Raiders have to win is they've got to punch the ball. They've got to really control it. They've got to be phys- the more physical team. But it, even if Buffalo wins and covers, this Buffalo team is going to have trouble holding up through the year and having and playing enough with physicality. They don't they're not big enough. And you got to be big and you got to be physical. If your offense is, especially isn't putting 40 on the board, which this offense, I mean that offensive line, they got pushed around last week. I mean, mm-hmm. Spencer Brown was in the lap, uh, Cyrus Torrance we got pushed back. I mean, they got pushed back and look, the quarterback wants to get the ball to Diggs. And everybody knows he wants to get the ball to Diggs. And they play with no power on offense. I was, you know, look, they gave the game away. They should have won that game, and they'll probably beat the Raiders. But the Raiders should give them a little bit of a trouble, especially if they control the front. Now, early in the game, Buffalo with the crowd noise, all that, it's going to be hard for the Raiders to run the ball. But they're going to run it. And I think the point, too, what we saw with the Raiders last week is their ability to sustain drives – that could potentially shorten the game if they can have longer possessions, run the football. I think the Raiders can keep this thing close. It's no bet for me, but I know a lot of folks out there in their survivor pools, whether it's Circa or elsewhere, are going to look to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's no bet for me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ever, t- but, but I'm, ha- I mean, I'm really. This is really about talking. I'm, I'm talking about Buffalo down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Buffalo against the physical teams that they're going. They play Cleveland. Cleveland would be a tough matchup oh, for yeah. Buffalo. It's a nightmare matchup for Buffalo, I think, honestly, the Cleveland Browns. I'm just all I'm saying is that just be I think it might be a little bit of a sweat if you take the Buffalo Bills and Survivor. I think the Raiders are going to be pretty competitive in this game. Uh, we got a few minutes left. We'll go rapid fire with these ones. We get the battle of the two rookies, 21 years of age. Anthony Richardson, the Colts, going up against the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud. Right now, the Colts, one point favorites over at DraftKings, total 39 and a half. I think you got to be careful here. The Colts have got a lot of injury. I mean, Houston's got a ton of injuries. You got to be really careful here. They got a lot of guys hurt. The second, the safeties are hurt. Uh, the offensive line is Fant missed. He was the backup. He's he's hurt. It's be a hard game, I think, for the Texans. I think that this is one of those the Colts better come away with a win here, because they have the better defense, and they should be able to move the ball effectively. But they need to make play. That somebody needs to step up, whether it's Pittman or someone. They need to step up to help Richardson. What about Niners and the Rams? Do you think the Rams, was that just a one-off, or is this team going to be much better than people think? No, I think it was a good game. I think it was a great game plan game. I think Stafford's going to be good in September. He, he plays well. He didn't get hit. He's going to get hit this week. It's going to be a home game for the 49ers. He's going to get hit. Yeah. I think they keep it close. I, I wouldn't play it. I mean, I think they keep it close. I don't trust the Rams well enough to say they can cover. They're, they're not real physical, nor are they very big. But San Francisco, it's it'll be a home game for them down there. They'll enjoy it. Yeah, that's seventy five percent. Raheem Morris doesn't have the same angle on Kyle that he has on on uh, that he had on on Shane Waldron, and the it's really they're a hard matchup. Kyle's going to find the guy to get the ball to, based on what the Rams try to do. Yeah. And the Niners have had a lot of success against the Rams. I mean, they've beaten them damn near every single time other than the NFC title game, which I guess was the biggest game which between they those two have. teams. Yeah, they should yeah, have won the that game. the kid catches the ball. Yeah, well, poor Jaquiski Tart. Uh, Giants How in the about car- Washington Denver? Where are you on that one? I think that's going to be a field goal game. Like, if I had to bet it, I would yeah. take the three and a half. Like, I think that's going to be a field goal game. Low scoring. I, I see that being another 20 to 17 either way. You know, Sean does really good against Del Rio. I mean, he gained like 380 yards two years ago against them. 
uh, with Jameis Winston. Winston was 15 for 30 in the game. Uh, and they won, and then they won handily against this defense. I mean, they were good on third down. I, I would think Denver would play well against this, and I don't know how Sam Howell's going to handle the crowd noise in Denver. Yeah, that's a lot, and the altitude and everything. But, I mean, yep. the commander's front, though, they could give the Russell Wilson some problems. I know the Broncos don't really want to throw the ball down the field. Ball comes out so quick, Femi. It's hard to – you know, he, he, he ain't leaving that ball in his hands. <laughs> it's a big game for Russell Wilson now. This is a big game for Russell. Uh-oh. This is a big one for him. They go 0-2 here. He doesn't play well. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> that old boy. Ominous. Oh, boy. <laughs> Russell Wilson. That does it for this edition of the GM Shuffle. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to VEASAN. We will be back Monday to recap all of the Week 2 games. Michael, I will talk to you on Monday, man. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back, and this week we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.